A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Speak like this. Look into your eyes. Holding your hand. <laughs> Man, I'm so keen for it and everything. Uh, <laughs> that we start. Lock our eyes. Uh, well, they can't see what's going on below the desk. Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> They'll just see like a <laughs> rhythmic. <laughs> Boys, welcome to the third episode of the Fatherless Podcast. Today I'm joined with Iman Gadzi. But first of all, before we begin, first, thank you for the hospitality. Iman flew me out business class and I've been staying with him for the past few days. My pleasure, so dude. I appreciate that, man. So, you've had the absolute... Actually, wait. I've... Wait, I forgot something. Restore... Okay, wait. Yes. Stay here. I forgot. <laughs> I got it. Go on. <laughs> okay, so Iman has like a very expensive watch collection. So, I'm going to try to find it. And we're going to do it in the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mashallah. Re- recording the podcast reminded me because we were talking about it. It was in the maid's room. I forgot that. There you go. That's for you. Thank you. I hope it's a bathrobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should not, baby. <laughs> Only thing is there's no hood, so I don't know how well it'll work for your videos. Oh, my God. That's fancy, bro. Thank you, man. Right, my pleasure. You guys want to see me get changed right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful room. Yeah, man, they're comfy, huh? It's like a perfect 10 out of 10 gift that you could actually get me, bro. Yeah, because I know, you, I know you, you use it every single day. <laughs> when we were first getting the podcast books, at least he came onto the call with Iman, like just wearing my normal bathrobe. Yeah, he, he came on the call with like me and like th- three of my team members. Just but chest I, air out. Yeah, like we were on a team call before. I was explaining that um, Hamza was coming over with some of my uh, content team. And uh, yeah, obviously showed up to a very professional business meeting <laughs> in just his bare chest and robe, bro. Yeah. Marshall, how am I looking, boys? What a nice guy. Looking fresh, man. That's what I mean. The, the hospitality that you've shown me over the last few days, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, man, it's my pleasure. So as I was saying, he's flew me out business class. Uh, I got in touch with him originally because I wanted to record this episode with you. Mm-hmm. 
and you've had like the very iconic story which i think the majority of young men look up to you dropped out of high school and now you're a young successful millionaire at age 22. Mm -hmm. that's phenomenal that's really remarkable yeah um, <laughs> i don't i i don't know i feel so like every single year the um benchmark for what's phenomenal just keeps like bro i'm telling you like in four years we'll be sitting down with someone who's like 15 and is like a multi-millionaire and like you mean like i don't know i think uh yeah i, I think anything's possible these days so mm. i don't like to label anything so when i first discovered you my first impression this was about two and a half almost three years ago so i've, I've mentioned a bunch of times my story on my channel I was down bad, living in Manchester, taking drugs every day, and I just about found entrepreneurship. I wanted to leave the nine to five rat race and everything. And I found the um, online income, make money online type of videos. Mm -hmm. And your videos were popping up, especially like one of the adverts as well. Like, so I'm a 20 year old high school. <laughs> <laughs> and my first impression was riddled with insecurity and jealousy. Mm -hmm. I hated you, you know, <laughs> I listened to before we ever spoke. I'd mm -hmm. only ever seen you once before and you were like briefly mentioned in a Mo Samuels video. Mm -hmm. But my first impression was entirely negative because I was so sure that you were lying. I was so sure that no one like could be that successful. You know, there was some, you were just like lying, you faked it for the video or anything. Mm -hmm. And here I am doing a collab with you. Mm -hmm. It's as real as you said it was. Yeah. Here you are in my office. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious. I don't know, like coming here, uh, am I any different to what you expected? No, not necessarily. No, <laughs> I'd say be because I understand there's always, there's like a human side to the person you see online because I, I'm now like the face of someone who's online. Mm -hmm. I kind of expected you to have like that, that human side before I came here. So I wasn't like fanboying over you or anything. But it was really when, I think on the first night when we were sat down in the restaurant and we were just speaking about childhood experiences mm -hmm. and it just hit me like, this is just like, it's just like a guy mm -hmm. who's in front of me, who's just amassed like a huge level of wealth, but it's like, he's, he's just a real person. It doesn't have to be just the pixels on the screen. Mm -hmm. and For sure. Yeah, like, what do you think of that? What do you think of the insecurity or jealousy that we can face when we see someone who's achieved a level of wealth? I mean, look, I think it, it makes sense. And, you know, I think it makes sense. And I think, you know, everyone has it, no matter what they say, everyone has it to a certain point. You know, I even have good friends of mine where, like, I, I've even picked up on myself, you know, good, good friends of mine, you know, they have, you know, they achieve, uh, you know, they have a, a great year, they have some great accomplishment. And, Sometimes they'll tell me about it. And I'm like, I feel that it's just like a little twinge right here. And, you know, mentally, like mentally, I'm so happy for them. I'm like so happy, so support. They're just that thing. Because it's the first thing whenever you see what someone else's experience is or what they've accomplished is you just, uh, you compare it to yourself, mm. right? And you, I don't know. To, to me, I think, it, I think it's natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Plus, I will say, dude, like I look like a fucking cunt sometimes on, like, right? and I'm I'm very I'm very like aware of that, right? But the issue is, like, I always say to people, I'm like, look, here's here's the thing. If I, like, dude, I want to talk about like I like long form stuff. I like two hour long form content, you know, stuff like this where you know I can actually get my personality across. Um, but you know, if I, like, if I if I put out on YouTube or I put out an ad or you know, because back then we were uh, running some ads to try and grow the channel and stuff like that. You know, if I was like, look, to me, and I genuinely believe that 70% of success is meditate, work on your past traumas, don't drink alcohol as we're having some place, <laughs> keep it like, 
you know, uh, don't drink alcohol. Don't smoke uh, pot. I don't care how creative you are. And, mm. You know, if you're someone who does well on weed, I don't give a shit. No, no, you're not. Um, and the other one, get nine hours of sleep a day. Like, if you just do those things, like, bro, you're. I'm. I know this sounds ridiculous, but you're honestly, and you do it consistently. You're honestly seventy percent of the way there. And all you need is some sort of vehicle, right? All you need is some sort of like. Like here's the thing, I'm really not the hardest working. I mean, I will say like, especially, you know, from 2014 to like 2018, I was, I was a machine, right? Mm. But these days I'm really not the hardest working. It's just, you, you have to put a lot of hard work in, then you have to find the right track in life. And by the way, the, you know, everyone wants to talk about business and this and that. I have people in my company, I have many, many, many people in my company who make far more than any business owner will, or, you know, any CEO will, right? These are people who make hundreds of thousands a year because the right track could just be aligning with the right company and every year showing more and more value. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, not everyone needs to, you know, do what I did and drop out of school and build a business, you know, um, but just aligning on the right track. Cause you could have someone who's incredible, but they're part of a company where there is mm. no room for growth. And you know, the organization is, is very archaic and they don't see the value this person is providing. Whereas if they uh, join a startup or they join something that sort of has that startup, you know, um, a bootstrap mentality to it, um, then they can actually get more ownership. So, you know, anyways, the reason I say all this stuff is because, um, uh, you know, I would love to, you know, my message, I'd love to, uh, on the forefront, just be like, yeah, all you do is just meditate and, you know, do some uh, trauma release work and all, but it's, n people don't care about that. People care about like, mm. you know, people care about like all the fancy stuff around and like all the, all the wealth and the money and the blah, blah, blah and the wealth, money, the girls, like all this stuff is the stuff that's actually like just gets so old so quick and it's not the fun stuff um or the fulfilling stuff but yeah i guess that's what people want to see mm. so i like to draw them in with that or like even if you look at my titles you know uh whatever how i made 10 million dollars in 2021 and then it's like you look at that and you're like oh that's a your seven life lessons blah blah something like that and then it's like a 56 minute video where i'm talking about like just some very very nuanced stuff so Unfortunately, you know, as much as I'd like to just have very nuanced titles and a nuanced approach, um, yeah, sometimes you got to hook people in. Uh, and, you know, probably even if people look at some of your titles on YouTube, right? It's very like, it's very like abrasive even, mm. right? Like, obviously, dude, I, I adore your content, but like, you know, someone might look at it and be like, just very repulsed by it. But then you listen to it and you're like, ah, okay, there's a real message coming across here. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I don't blame you for... I, if I was in your situation, I'd be like, this guy looks like such a twat, man. So <laughs> don't worry about it. It's on the same level, man. So mm -hmm. uh, I think you have went through, you know, the, the process of creating content and trying to get people into your funnel. And you do kind of realize that those clickbaity titles where the, the people want to see pussy. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much just that. Like they, <laughs> they want pussy. They want easy money. They want like the clickbait thing. What's gonna help them the most is the fundamentals. Mm. And so the weird like funnel that I have of my videos is kind of like bait them in with a video about getting girls and halfway through like be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're not getting girls because your mental health is trash right now. Mm. Like you wouldn't want to be around yourself right now. Why would a girl want to be around you? Yeah. But if you make a video on mental health, like they're not gonna click on it because they're horny as fuck. Mm. They think that their problems is just a symptom of lacking the fundamentals. Mm. And that's why I appreciate your content and the monk mode video that really like brought you onto my radar. Because here's like a 40 minute video. You don't see that like mm -hmm. like much these days. It's all, mm -hmm. you know, like the type of shit I do, which is like three minutes, spurgy shit and everything. But here's a 40 minute video of a guy just purely saying, okay, here's the fundamentals. None of this like, oh, here's how to make, like 
the titles start with that, mm. but it's so nice that like that's the the start of the funnel to attract the guys who actually need the fundamentals more. Mm -hmm. So I think you're on the right path there. Mm -hmm. But let's say right now that if there's a young guy watching this who was in my position a few years ago, who straight away is getting like negative thoughts because it's like, oh, like he, he's a rich guy, he's wearing an expensive watch and he's just like gave Hamza like an expensive thing and like, mm -hmm. you know, he, um, he must be greedy, he must be shy. You know, that perception mm -hmm. that you can have when you have a level of insecurity for the wealthy because you haven't mm -hmm. really achieved that yet. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to say? Yeah, I mean, basically, look, all I'd say is like, so <clears throat> I, I am you just eight years on right like here, people look at my age and they're like you know i just turned 22 and they're like oh this is crazy i'm like well i mean yeah but also eight years ago i started reading a book a week right so it's like i don't look in my age i look at how long have you been doing something right mm. so i you know you all look at how long have i been doing something before i even had you know that business you know my, the first business that i ever started uh five and a half years ago i was reading a book a week i was going to gym pretty much six times a week, reading a, uh, reading a book a week, going to the gym six times a week, meditating anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes a day. I don't even do that now. Uh, I probably know I should do. Um, so I was working on me. I was working on me. And that's why when the right opportunity came about, uh, and you know, the business that I started, it's not very, like having a marketing agency is about as sexy as having an accounting firm. Like, it's not like, you know, uh, I don't know. There's, there's nothing like, sexy about it but it's just it's a service-based business and once again it's like even within the agency world you, there's people who are slaves to their business and there are people who do it right so whatever business like i don't take pride in being a hard worker i take pride in being very smart and understanding leverage and then i throw in hard work on top of that and that's why i am where i am today um so as i said the reason or, or the thing that i would say to someone who's looking at me is like do what i did eight years ago which is like the fundamentals and do what you did three years ago, which is, the, and that's why you're here today. And by the way, like, it would be very interesting if we were sat here and I was like eight years into self-development, business, this, that, and we had you at eight years, right? Because I guarantee if you probably you eight years sat here with me at eight years, bro, we probably, you probably be much farther ahead than I am, right? So I don't look at it as like age. I look at it as like, how long have you been doing this stuff? So yeah, I mean, for, like it's a, it's a long road and this is why like I love a lot of the, you know, one of my passions is kind of like, uh, I don't know the way to describe like the whole manosphere world. Because mm. it's like, as a man, you're not shit in this world. Like you are not fucking anything and no one will give you an ounce of fucking pity. You, you're here and you got to make it on your own, right? And as a man, you just go brick by brick by brick by brick, year on year on year. And then you look back and, you know, you've accomplished something, but um, yeah, you can either just keep circle jerking and, you know, stay in that loop for years and years. Um, but at some point you gotta face the sobering reality that like you as a man have been brought into this world and you gotta create your own value. Mm. That's a somewhat hard to swallow, like fundamental truth of the manosphere and the red pill because yeah. we've been sold the idea of equality and for some reason, a lot of us have concluded that men and women are okay. We're exactly the same because it's politically correct. And anyone who's in the sort of red pill sphere will know there is major differences, especially in terms of sexual value. And so women generally just get theirs inherently through, through puberty. It's like they just become like beautiful and there isn't necessarily much work that they have to do to increase that value. Whereas for a man, unless you're just born with the absolute like top tier genetics and stuff, fair mm -hmm. enough. But apart from that, 
I think the quote, men have to build their value is so incredibly true, mm. which brings us to like a very interest, all the, the, the horny guys are getting like attention right now. Like let's say Iman eight years ago to Iman now, what's the difference in terms of your dating life? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I've always had a good... Like, I remember when I was... Uh, even when I was, like, 14, 15, 16. So I had a girlfriend for, like, two years. My first relationship was, like, two years. And I remember... Um, bro, back then, I was reading uh, Way of Superior Man. I was reading Five Love Languages. I was reading... Uh, um, like, I, I was reading a lot of, uh, you know, Men Are From Mars, uh, Women Are From uh, Venus. Yeah. Um, dude, like, I was reading a lot of those books back then. So, like, even back then... That's why, dude, I'll be honest, women with me are on their absolute best behavior. I don't have a, a I have never experienced a girl in my life that's late, that's disrespectful, that's that like, I know, you know, outside of, I don't know, maybe some, whatever, four years ago in a club or, the, you know, like these, these days, I don't, I don't experience those sort of things with women. Cause like, um, I cult, once again, I cultivated that back when I was like 14, 15, 16, like you need to act in accordance to the person who you want to become right now in order to become that person. So like, dude, when I was like 14, 15, 16, even my girlfriend, like she knew like my work is, I didn't even fucking have a business, right? Like my work is my number one. My self-study is my number one. If, you know, if my girlfriend wants to hang out on Sunday and I haven't read my book for the week, it's not happening, right? And same thing with my friends. I had the exact same boundaries and same relationships with my friends. And that's why, you know, I was a real loner in school. And not only was I a loner, I, I hate the word like, bully like I, I don't like that word but like bro i was in once again i think bullying is like it's it's i don't know sometimes you can kind of victimize yourself like in the same way you were like oh bro three years ago i looked at you and i saw you were twat bro if i was in school and i didn't have this sort of upbringing that i had and the reasons why i had to grow up quicker um i would even look at me and probably make you know make fun of me dude i was the fucking loner at lunch you know uh reading a book on my own there's a very like everyone in my school knows this and it's you know my best friend likes to tell the story all the time I used to spend my lunch breaks meditating in the bathroom because if I, when I woke up, I wake up every morning with like three, four hours sleep because um, I was going to school, going to gym six times a week, reading a book a week, uh, and then also trying all these little like side hustles before I uh, eventually found my business. Um, so I was getting like three, four hours sleep uh, a day. So meditating in the morning was an option. I just fall back asleep and miss school. Um, I couldn't meditate at night because that was usually when I was uh, doing most of my work. And once again, I'd fall asleep. So I just landed on meditating uh, in my uh, lunch breaks. Uh, and I guess that was also because all my friends uh, would like kind of go out uh, for lunch and stuff like that. And I couldn't afford to do that back then. So, yeah, you know, um, you know, all this is to say that in terms of my dating life, uh, look, of course, I have a lot more options now. And uh, I will say, um, man, I, I, there's... There's some point in my life, I was telling you the other day, there's some point in my life I will actually, I don't know, I just want to help guys in like the whole day. Because, bro, even like a lot of guys who are like, whatever, looked at as like thought leaders and this and that when it comes to dating, like I I know a lot of these guys like, bro, behind closed doors, like it's, yeah, it's not, not what it seems at all. Um, the highest level dating, once like highest level business is the same as highest level dating, which is leverage. Like that's all it is, right? Like, the more the, the, like as the years go by the less and less speaking i do mm. like i i don't talk i don't i'm not a dancing monkey i don't talk much like everything is my entire life when it comes to my dating life everything is pre-built social proof is pre-built the place i go to social proof is pre-built um my online presence and stuff pre-built 
like all of the women I have, I mean, even you can kind of look at my Instagram and get a feel ish for it. Um, you can get a feel ish for the, it, but it's still like, dude, that's like 1%. Like, I mean, I post stuff on Instagram that, you know, even my friends like, bro, I can't believe you, you post like, you know, like very raunchy stuff. Um, or not so much raunchy, but it's just, it's clear that I, I, I enjoy a bit of debauchery in my personal life. Um, but bro, that's like the 1%. Um, so yeah, basically I've, I want to do as little amount of work and get the best yield in terms of results. Um, and I apply that to business. And I apply that to my personal dating life. So, um, I think there are a lot of, and by the way, like, you know, great book called power versus force. And it's always stuck with me. Uh, you know, I read that book pretty early on. Like I want to, I want to have power, not force. And, you know, I was telling you the other day, like, dude, I used to be like 16 and I had a fake ID and I used to go to the club three times a week and you know like the best clubs in london uh because uh, you know i've always had older friends and stuff and they would take me and dude i practiced cold approach and all that stuff and you know i wasn't drinking at then and i would write down okay here's what i did well and here's what, and that's why these days like bro it just it's so natural to me mm. like it's just you know but you got to put in that legwork in the same way it said it's like i made 10 million dollars last year but and someone might look at that and that's insane it's like honestly this bro and like four years if you made 10 million dollars i really would not be surprised right because you're putting in that groundwork and like back in 2017 i was working like a fucking animal i was working like a dog right and all for us i still am just with a lot more leverage so um i think you know on the whole dating point there's a lot of hoops you have to go through first um there's a lot of hoops you have to go through first uh but then when you look at the super super high level guys like it's uh basically you just have to forget everything all the previous stuff uh, in terms of uh, like the whole cold approach community and this and that. But you, first you have to go through that. Mm. So stereotypically, a young man learns things about women and dating relationships from their father. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get lessons like that? Well, I don't have a dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> but your stepdad I guess that's the point like, of the podcast. <laughs> your stepdad was like somewhat around for some periods. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. He was, um, nah, no, definitely not. He was, uh, yeah, quite a quite an evil man. Yeah. So, have you felt like you've had any father figures? No. <laughs> Your mom's just. Nah, my mom. But as I said, my mom, bro, my mom's a G. So it's like, my mom's. I told you, I was saying this the other day. Like, my mom's the most. Uh, I don't. Is red it pill. blue pill or red pill? red pill? Red pill. Yeah, my mom's like the most red pill. Woman That's an alpha earth. male. <laughs> like my mom's like, but she's like, yeah, she she's um she understands because she's you know she grew up in the Soviet Union, you know, and she's like. I, I grew up with Russian traditional values and that's, I appreciate that, mm. right? Like simple things like, and simple things like as a man, I will pay. Mm. I'm, I'm no one's sugar daddy. I'm no one's like, I'm no, I don't buy girls gifts. I don't, buy, unless, you know, they're a long-term girlfriend. I don't, buy, you know, none of that shit, right? But like if we're at dinner, I'm paying. Mm. Like, and, and you know, it's funny when like I hear guys and like, they're like, oh, but you know, that's a low, uh, uh, I think some guys think that's like, oh, you're being a cuck or something like, okay, try hanging out with the top 001%, like 0001% of women and expect them to pay. See how that goes for you. And dude, for me, it's, I will show up as a certain way as a man. And I expect like, if uh, I'm with a girl and she won't cook, but dude, like I, I don't like, I either have a chef, I either eat out or I get food delivered. Like, I don't even, I don't even like having home cooked food that much. Right. But it, for me, it's just a simple thing. Uh, I have, you know, we just, we just had saw my cleaners. It was like, 
to clean this four bedroom apartment. There was like seven people that showed up, right? It was like a mini swap team, right? Um, so I don't need a girl necessarily too clean, but for me, you know, those are things that are, are important. And those are things that I expect, right? So yeah, I don't know. I'm about as, uh, yeah, I'm not politically correct at all. And, you know, I'm very unapologetic about it. Um, and I think I look in my, I've, I have so much reverence for my mother and I have so much respect for my mother. And uh, I look for, you know, I was talking about how, how much I look forward to uh, being a father uh, and having a son. Um, but dude, if I have a daughter, she is going to be such an incredible woman because I'm sure my wife will be such an incredible example. Uh, but outside of that, dude, my mom is like, like, I don't, if you could take me or my mom, you know, if only one person could live, leave my mom, because like, trust me, the world doesn't need more fucking entrepreneurs. Like we have enough of that the world, especially right now needs more stand up women like my mother, uh, who are a perfect example of how to be a strong woman who if push comes to shove can rely on herself, but in the same side understands, uh, her beauty um as a woman understands what it's like to submit to a man when you find the right man uh and understands you know uh she just understands like the the beauty and the polarity and that one is not better than the other mm. right it's a dance and you need both um so yeah i think uh maybe i had that advantage over other people um growing up with you know with the mom that i did mm. That's really interesting. So you got to understand like the masculine, the feminine energy, mm -hmm. and you've been reading like the way of the superior man. So that's like a fantastic resource of the fundamentals of what it is supposed, what you're supposed to do as a man and what she's supposed to do as a woman, because we don't really get these lessons in day-to-day mm -hmm. -day life, but your mother was actually the one who's drilled in that, that polarization, the yin and yang. And that's, it's a beautiful thing to experience. Yeah, she's a gangster. <laughs> yeah. No, she really is, man. So that's interesting. So do you feel like your work rate and your desire for everything that you've built, especially because you started being like productive at a young age, is that in a sense to like pay back your mother? Yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and like do everything. All that stuff was from my mom, right? It's like, it's, you know, single mom, as you said, like uh, I had a stepdad, but that was more bad than it was good. And like, you know, we, why was it bad? Oh, dude, he's the most evil man I've ever met. I've met some fucked up people. He's the most fucked up person I've ever met by far. Um, and I had a weird childhood because it was like, I, I, you know, I told you the other day, it was like a weird kind of marriage between my mom and my uh, stepdad. It was very odd. I went to private school, right? So I went to private school and that was kind of like our side or, or our benefit. Uh, and my mom... And we got to live in uh, London and we got to live in Chelsea. So it was weird because I grew up around money, but then my stepdad never gave uh, me and my mom any money or su support us in any way. So my mom was uh, bouncing between, uh, you know, minimum wage job. She was uh, Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. She was a receptionist there, uh, you know, temporary summer jobs at Harrods, working minimum wage. Um, at some point when things got bad, we were on government, uh, government benefits. Um, so I just had a very, you know, I had a very, very weird childhood. And from the age of like seven, eight, it was very clear. Like I, I was like seven, eight years old. I was told my mom, I was like, I will take care of us. Like I, I said that from that age and from like the age of 14, it wasn't like I'll take care. It was like, I, unless I take care of us quickly, we're fucked. We're royally fucked. Um, 
and everything that I saw coming came true. Like, uh, you know, when I turned 18, my uh, basically, oh, and the benefit from my stepdad was he saved a lot, a lot of money on taxes. Um, so it was, it was weird. He was, yeah, and he wasn't around much either. And when he was, he wasn't a very good example. Uh, like, yeah, dude, I remember some of my earliest memories is just like, and this is light. This is the light stuff. This is like the stuff that I'm probably, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable talking on camera. But like, dude, I remember being like six or seven years old, like receiving calls. Hi, this is uh, such and such escort services. We're looking for, you know, my stepdad's name. And uh, like, this is what I said, like, yeah, I had to grow up very quickly. And then, you know, my mom would be like, because my dad was flying back from Dubai that day. Uh, and my mom was like, uh, oh, who was that? I was like, oh, such and such escort services. And like, obviously, I didn't know what that actually meant. But I could kind of infer and I saw, you know, uh, her face, I think because it, it was going on 24 seven, right? Uh, not surprised at all, but like uh, a little saddened. Um, and I was like, you know, I was like six or seven years old. I was like, no, no, mother, you don't understand. Like they escort him from the airport to the house, like, like, like an escort. Like, well, <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, uh, he definitely was not a good example of, of a, of a uh, yeah, he, he was definitely not a good example of a man. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a it was a very weird childhood, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I had the best of both worlds because I grew up with no money, um, like and even like the house I lived in. Man, we were by the time I left uh, for the the uh, previous two and a half years before I moved out. I moved out when I was seventeen years old. It was like that was my biggest fucking dream was like having my own place because like my I have like the worst that like. I, I still have like really bad nightmares from like the fucked up stuff I saw like in my childhood house. Like uh, that was, was not a happy place for me at all. Um, what did you see? Just lot like I I don't know man. I just I grew up very quick. Like just a lot of stuff you're not meant to see at a young age. Um, so yeah. Anyways, um, so the last uh, two years that I was there, you know, there was no uh, uh, warm water. There was no heating. Uh, and then when he found out that I was like starting a business. Uh, he cut off the Wi-Fi. So I was telling you the other day, like, uh, still to this day, actually, uh, the uh, phone number that I have uh, is with three. And, like, if you live in the UK, you know, like, three is just not the one. <laughs> like, three is just not it, right? Like, like everyone knows, like, I'm, let's be honest, like, if you got three, like, you're a bit of a road man, right? <laughs> like, just, you, you know, but the reason I have three is because back in, like, 2014, 2015, I remember there was, like, 25 pounds a month. They did uh, unlimited Wi-Fi and hotspot. So I basically built my entire business off of hotspot. Um, so yeah, anyways, this is a, a long winding discussion. Basically, so yeah, I had a very uh, uh, interesting childhood where I kind of had the best of both worlds. I went to school with some very, very wealthy people um, and I lived in an affluent area, but then I still had the personal struggle of, you know, uh, me and my mom had no money. So mm. yeah. How often would you see your stepfather? Uh, he'd come two or three months a year. Mm. Yeah. And what was it like when he was staying with you? Fuck, man, that was terrible. Um, yeah, fuck. I was so I was so scared of him. I still am. Uh, he's like the only, which is, now at this point I know is irrational, but he's just, uh, yeah, he's a very, uh, yeah, he's a very powerful man. So, um, yeah, not fun. <laughs> so let's say um, young teenage man or high school age, what's like a normal day in the life for you when he was at home around you? I don't know. Uh, wake up. Uh, talk to him when he was in the office. Um, I guess that th maybe that's one good thing he taught me. Um, he would always wake up at like 6 a.m. without fail. 
Uh, he'd wake up at 6 a.m., work from 6 to 12, and then the rest of the day just watch movies and documentaries and just... And we played a lot of chess as well. That's one thing I, I will be forever grateful. Uh, played a lot of chess growing up. Uh, and he, this dude, fucking wicked smart. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I guess I, I will be grateful for. But yeah, I don't know. I just would say, you know, see him in his office. And as I said, I guess maybe that was a good example. Uh, I'd see him every morning in his office. I don't know how much work he was actually doing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd see him in his office. He'd be whatever, doing this and that. Um, and then I'd come back and he'd be, fucking chilling watching a movie so i guess that was maybe those are two good things i can take away from, from my childhood you have a very nice personality you know you know i was gonna tell you this the other day you know one thing i i, I really respect about you you are not afraid to give a compliment mm. like i've noticed you give a lot of co- and like i was trying to take heed of it for me personally because like i think a lot of the stuff that you say but like it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what i think of you uh, if I don't vocalize it, so um, yeah, I want to commend you on the fact that like I, I really I, I look up to the fact that uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, you. you bring a lot of really good energy into this world. Mm, thank yeah. you. It makes me very interested because uh, we actually had this conversation just a few days ago. With the upbringing that you went through, there really was two completely opposite paths that you could have went through, and. Like, why do you think it was this one which pursued success and, you know, stayed productive, had this drive compared to what also a huge majority of the boys who find themselves like essentially fatherless or experiencing trauma or abuse and they'll sink deeper and deeper into like the depths of depression, into like addiction and everything? Mm. Uh, Once again, I think that's where I got very lucky because I had... On paper, I don't, I honestly, I I don't know anyone who had a more, like, if you look at the, the hurdles they had to jump through, like a more difficult upbringing, like, in the sense of like, you know, from the age of 16, taking care of my mom financially, uh, 17, finally fucking managing to escape and like move into my own place. Uh, when I was 18, what I knew was going to happen, happened. My stepdad had filed for divorce and he basically, you know, played a, a you know, a game of a war of attrition. So basically he spent hundreds of thousands, like I, I was 18 years old, all the money I'd earned hundreds of thousands I spent on legal fees. Um, first simple, like, you know, without getting too into it, because oh, fuck man, if I see another divorce legal, or if I see any more legal fees, I'm just gonna throw up. But um, like simple stuff just to keep me and my mom in the country. You know, like he would whatever, say, uh, we forged his signature uh, for our visa. And then, then that invalidates our, um, that invalidates our our passport, you know, and then great. And I have spent another fucking 50,000, uh, you know, to just, it's not a, I realized um, the whole thing in the legal system of like innocent until proven guilty, that's a whole load of shit. It's, it's no, you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent because that's how they get money out of you. Um, so stuff like that, uh, there's, you know, seven, eight other uh, very not so nice stuff, especially for mom to, you know, be accused of and go through and stuff like that. Um, so I had like, like, there's no one, you know, sometimes, uh, I've even, you know, people will tell me or like uh, about privilege and like, man, go fuck yourself. Like, honestly, there's not a single person I know who had like, t- imagine that you being 18 years old, you worked your fucking ass off. You got all this money, like the money that you have actually saved. Now you got to spend on legal fees, but I knew that was coming. I knew uh, if I didn't do what I did, me and my mom, the day I turned 18, which is January 3rd, 
we'd be on the streets. That was his first thing was like, you have seven days to leave my house. Bear in mind, she'd been living in that house for 15 years. Um, you have seven days to leave my house. So try to uh, put her on the streets. Uh, once again, if I was in school, that's it. Like the moment I turned, like the school pay tuition fees, it wasn't because he was trying to be nice or anything. It's just, it was logistic. It was, um, it was uh, not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's basically just to show that like, yes, I'm still married and taking care of my football, all this stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, there's no one I know that had a more difficult childhood on paper. But the thing that I'm very lucky is the area that I was in. That's the one thing that I will always say. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't think anyone had a better on, on paper, better childhood for success than I did. Because I had so much fucking pressure to take care, care of me and my mom. So I had that drive. But then on the flip side, I had examples of it all around me. Like for me, I'll be honest, dude, from the age of 14, it wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe I'll make 100 million. It's like, I know for a fact, like it's, it's never been a doubt in my mind. Um, and it still isn't a doubt in my mind, even, even a billion. Like it's, it was, to me, it was pre-written in the script. It's just, I, you know, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish a lot sooner than I did, to be honest. Like, you know, uh, let's say, for example, like having 10 million in the bank after tax. Like I thought I would do that maybe at 30 not at 21, but I still knew I was going to fucking do it either way. Um, so that's, I think that's where, where I got very, very lucky uh, is the fact that um, I think if I had all that shit with my family and then I also was in a place where um, I had no example of success around me uh, mm -hmm. and it wasn't in my field of vision, uh, then maybe, uh, you know, it wouldn't have gone the way that it did. And I will say, it's not like I had any entrepreneurial friends or anything like that that I could look to, but just, you know, even just, I don't know why I just got very lucky to some, you know, I was 14 to stumble into, you know, reading books, you know, Tony Robbins, um, uh, Stephen Covey, like you just like all those classes, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, watching the podcasts, like, uh, or listening to podcasts and, you know, just diving deep into that world when I was young. Um, you know, I got, I got very, very lucky, um, to just stumble upon that in the same way that anyone who's stumbling upon your podcast, Dude, they'll probably look back in four years and be like, fuck, you know, Hamza had a very large uh, role to play in the fact that I turned my life around. So, yeah, and a small little people that you can look at, whether they're in your immediate circle or not, can, can do a lot for you. Mm. That's the beauty of the internet. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's that quote um, in self-improvement. You're the middle of the five people you spend time with. Mm. And I think the new updated version is kind of like you're the average of the five people whose content you consume. Yep, I agree with that. And so you just you know, somehow stumbled upon like the finance books and the classics, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and everything. And they essentially became your father figures then. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's really beautiful. Like when you think about the power of a book, it's here we have a young kid who only really seemed quite negative, abusive, like or as a role model. Mm. And then here you have like a very successful guy who's written a book on like finances. And it's almost like you're learning from like daddy but from like just an inherently just positive, here's how to improve your your finances. It really yeah, is like so nice that, and this is one of the things that I I think I most respect about you is like you've had such a huge focus on education, and you've done it in such like a positive, like beautiful way. Like we've not even mentioned it, but if you know his story, like here's a guy who's he's dropped out of high school and he's like literally building more schools in like less fortunate areas. It's what you see on first impression. I think especially if you're blinded by like insecurity and jealousy as I was. Okay, this guy's a dick. He's rich. He's faking it. You know, it's a lie or anything. And you peel back just a couple of the layers. You're like, what the fuck? Like, 
he's he's literally transformed. He's as positive of like a role model as like a young man could be. Mm. Like it's actually insane what you've you've went through like the complete one eighty. Like that's so inspiring. No, I appreciate that, dude. Mm. I still got a long way to go though. Like trust me, like there's areas of my life I've really nailed down. There's other areas that I definitely still have a lot of work. Like which ones? I don't know. You say like positive role model. Like, dude, I'll be honest. I have um. You know, like for example, like I have even friends of mine that uh, uh, are 24, 25, married, happily married, this, that, like, dude, I, I'd say they're probably the more like positive role, role model, uh, right? Because they have whatever, successful in business, this, that, and then, you know, th- you know, they don't party and enjoy themselves and drink and listen. And, and, you know, you know me, I'm very like, I'm one or the other, either I'm doing monk mode or I'm fucking partying a lot and having a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, you know, like that's, I always say to my friends, I'm like, fuck man, I, I wish I could be, I genuinely, like, I actually from Bob heart wish I could be like you, but, um, I don't know, maybe it's cause I don't know, certain traumas growing up or this or that, like, um, yeah, I don't know, man, I'm, uh, sometimes I can be a real, like, uh, hedonistic, um, hedonistic, uh, I can be quite, quite hedonistic at times, mm. uh, and, and, you know definitely uh, indulge in some of the finer things in life which i don't think is a good thing mm. and why do you think you're driven to that yeah, i don't know man um like you know i was saying to you the other day um there's certain areas of my life like uh, i mentioned to you like for example fitness right? like i've been training since the age of 14 like you know when i'm in the gym like i don't uh like i think it was, it was a perfect parallel like in terms of my body i'd say you know pretty much you know most guys will look at the, the body and the physique I have and they're like, fuck, that's like the dream. Mm. Um, but I don't build any of my self-worth from that. Like I literally, I don't ever look at my, uh, you know, myself in the gym, in the mirror and go like, oh, um, you know, this makes me, this is, this is a part of my, my self-worth, right? I'm, you know, and, you know, for example, I want to this year probably uh, put on another three or four kilos of, of muscle. Um, I don't do that because I'm like, oh, that, then that's a reflection of who I am. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I enjoy training. And like, why not? Like, I just do it for the love of it, right? And that's, first of all, when you get the best results, because um, it's not clouded by anything. And mm. second, like, that's just the most, like, it's just from a place of love, right? Uh, and just from a place of, like, respect for the thing. Um, whereas this stuff with, like, the business, where it's like, I still don't, you know, don't get me wrong with the businesses, I love what I do and I have great respect and, and I, you know, for me, it's, uh, uh, I have great honor in what I do, but as a, it, me at, you know, right now, 89 kilos and me at 93 kilos, I, my self-worth has not changed at, in the slightest. Me at 10 million in the bank after tax and me at 30 million in the bank after tax, I think my self-worth changes, right? And I don't think that's a healthy thing, right? Um, and I think that's the same with um, both when it comes to money and status slash women. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with these things, with being super well. It's just the place that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is still, um, I've done, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm very different to, for example, like the way that I was like three or four years ago. You know, I remember like even four years ago, probably if you met me very quickly, very early on, if you met me at like an event or something like that, uh, very early on, I'd find a way to sneak in how much money I, I'm making. Uh, and I know, you know, I've mentioned it here, but that's really just more for context and whatever we're doing a podcast. But like 
when I meet people these days, um, let's say at an event, and they ask me what I do, I my go-to response is I'm in the avocado business. Uh, like I import, export avocado. Like I, I and you know, or that either that or I say I work for a company called IG Media, as in like I'm an employee to you know my own business. Because um, whatever, man. Like I have, you know, it's low key. People don't need to know. Um, so that's me four years on probably in four years I'll look back and you know I look back at shit I said in 2018 I'm like that's really distasteful and it, I you you reek you absolutely fucking stink of um insecurity mm. like it, it's dis- like I'm disgusted by it right and probably and I'm very different now uh, and I'm a lot more secure in myself now than I was four years ago but probably in four years I'll look back and I'll be like fuck 2022 event reeks of insecurity um and yeah uh you know i think a, a lot of times as well people look at you know uh ultra successful people and they're like how could that person ever be insecure trust me insecurity is a large part of why they even got mm. there in the first place um so yeah you know it's uh i come in and out of it like there's you know for example periods uh where literally money does not affect my self-worth at all because i'm just i'm loving the thing the, the process so much um but I'd say there's a, still a vast majority where I'm like, this is directly, I've placed some of my self-worth on this. Mm. Yeah. That was a phenomenal insight. Mm. Insecurity is a huge part of, I'd say, most people's success. It's Like you said, it was the exact opposite for us. For me, there's, there's no level of insecurity in the work that I do, the videos that I make. It's literally just intrinsically motivated. And I literally just... I've always, like from age 13, before I was making any kind of money, I just love the process of just making a video, putting it online. And oftentimes, like I literally watch my videos more than I watch any other creator. Like I'll, I'll happily watch my videos for fun. Mm. Whereas the gym for at least six and a half years was totally just extrinsic motivation. Is the example I gave you that if I can, for example, increase like my lifts and I can pack on some more muscle, then hopefully more people will love me because I didn't get like such a consistent sense of love mm. in childhood. And it seems like it's the opposite version of you, which is that's so incredibly interesting that I think we've experienced like somewhat um, similar things in terms of like childhood abuse and everything. Mm. And we've just both just found like a different outlet for it. Mm. But looking back, probably both of us would agree. Like, I don't think we'd actually change it. I think uh, it serves you to a certain point. And mm. then now I, it doesn't serve me anymore. Right? I, I don't like there's no part of me that's works harder gets better results and feels better about themselves using that as like you know um the the thing to dwell on or like the thing that's still a large part of the motivating force uh, compared to like like the best people on earth it's like you you know you look at michael jordan you look at steve jobs you look at um uh, amy winehouse right you look at these people and it's like Dude, like fucking watching these people, it's it's all it's they literally have like a, it, it. It's like they've got uh, a, like God flowing through them. Like it's literally like they're they're. Con- you watch it, it's like they're connected to something divine, right? And like when I'm doing my best work, it feels like I'm connected to something divine, like bigger than myself. It feels like I'm tapping into, uh, and I am. I'm channeling, right? Like, and that's what these people are doing is they're channeling. And if you want, not not very good. I'm talking exceptional. I'm talking the best of the best, like the best of the best comedians, the best of the best actors uh, and actresses, the best of the best, whatever, like they're channeling, right? like they're tapping into, to me, what is some sort of divine energy. 
and when you're so like stuck in here and you can't tap into that so um once again like a lot of things that we've talked about here um certain things serve you to a certain point mm. and you have to use them but at a certain point you need to and that's also where i see a lot of people get stuck like it serves you to a certain point but you need to know what's that next step right and what's the thing that's going to get you to the next level um so i agree when you first start i think i think it, it's you know it's a great tool and a great motivation mm. to have but at a certain point you need to uh know when to let it go mm, yeah that makes good sense so insecurity is the burning like the motivating force to start because you see this in a lot of like the athletes documentaries and with you know bodybuilding and everything it's always that same story of like oh you know i was a little skinny guy and no one respected me and girls didn't hold eye contact with me but then i started lifting weights and now girls hold eye contact with me it'll certainly get you started and, and there is science to show that uh avoiding fear slash avoiding pain is highly highly more motivational than wanting pleasure mm-hmm. and so it seems to be I'm, I'm trying to even put together like a self-improvement plan for someone who's you know particularly down bad let's say some random 18 year old who's just doing all the bad habits he's not being productive it's weirdly like a toxic mindset but it's kind of beneficial for a guy like that to have that sense of like the dark side of motivation mm. to like get back at that girl not in like like in a hostile way but it's the guy who makes the best gains of his life after a breakup yep. it's the guy who like goes through like childhood drama and then goes on to be successful after that mm. and at least gets like the ball rolling because it's almost like we want to channel that aggressive energy into something that's actually productive but by the time that thing has started taking off and we've gotten the habits and it's snowballing that's definitely when more of like the sort of negativity the hostility the aggression it's just increasing your cortisol it's just stressing you out mm. and it's like you've already got the ball rolling then it's time okay let's see a lot of trauma let's talk about mental health mm, for sure Let's talk about trauma then. How do you feel it still affects you today? Yeah, well, I guess that's the other thing. Like a, a lot of trauma is uh, uh, unconscious until it becomes conscious. And there's still stuff to this day where I like um, the unconscious becomes conscious, right? Um, like even just that insight that I, I told you, like probably like a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to see how I act different in the different aspects of my life. Um, you know, as I said, like that's just one aspect where uh, when it comes to health that I'm really like, it's I'm channeling, like it's just, for the love of it um so yeah as i said there's like a lot of uh um yeah and uh even insecurity like you know uh two, three years ago maybe if you asked me like are you an insecure person I'm like are you kidding me i'm like the most like you meet me i'm like the most self-confident person i'll go speak to anyone and go and you know a lot of these things are as i said are just very um beneath the surface right. um and like the more and more as time goes on and the more work i do on it like as in like the better my insecurity gets uh as well as like my general environment like as the more that better that gets even though those things are both moving in the right directions it's more and more apparent to me like wow mm. like a lot of stuff you do um it's uh it's not because like a lot of it is just programming um so as i said uh, you know it's new stuff comes to me every year the the unconscious becomes conscious mm. yeah. it really is awareness isn't it yeah yeah and no matter also that's the thing no matter how much meditation you do there's a lot of meditation and a lot of psychedelics um sometimes it's just like you know uh, these lessons will will be presented at the right time so if we visualize now a young fatherless man let's say he's 18 years old and he's never really had like a good father figure he has never experienced healthy masculinity 
the stereotypical like down bad self-improvement story and he's watching this what do you feel like he needs to hear i'd say the biggest thing has become start off with becoming the hero in your own mind like that to me that's the biggest thing like i was always a hero in my mind like dude before like my basically my favorite book is uh it's actually probably quite ironic. Um, my favorite book is Great Gatsby, uh, as well as favorite movie. I've probably read the book. You know, I, I did a lot of reading growing up. I've read the book 20, 30 times. Uh, watched the movie maybe 15 times. Um, and dude, I, you know, I read that book when I, first time when I was 14. Um, and I resonated with it. Like I really, re- I was like, I'm the hero of my, you know, like I, from a young age, I was like this this hero in my own mind. And it was like, um, I think that's the big thing as well. It's, it's, you know, people who are down bad, like they don't have a good self-image of themselves. And quite frankly, yeah, I don't blame you. You shouldn't because like you're not, you're not valuable. You're not, you, you're, you know, you're fucking withering your life away. Mm. But that's you now. So don't try, you know, don't try to change it. Like, I, you know, the affirmations, I am this. No, you're not. You're like, you are a useless piece of fucking shit. But you, you don't have to stay that way, right? Like, what what's a, you know, you look at all these movies, right? It, it, is it any fun if the the main character, you know, starts off successful and starts off at a great place and everything just, no. Like, a good movie has turbulence. And a, you are, to me, I've always viewed myself as, like, the main character in my, in my movie. And it's like, you start off at a really shit place, you build, you have some wins, you have some losses. But, like, I I want people to focus and, you know, by the way, this also doesn't mean being the hero of your own movie. This doesn't mean to me, okay, go look at Ferraris. Go look. I'll be honest. To me, like I, I, I do somewhat. I can kind of see the the point in a vision board somewhat. Um, I think it's actually better, uh, and I tell a lot of uh, uh, people in my community to do this. I think it's actually better if instead you go to Rolex, you try on a Rolex. It becomes tangible. It comes real. You've had a Rolex on yours. I think it's better if you go to the you know, a very, very, very expensive restaurant and just have a coffee. You know, I tell people all the time, like, look, if you go to Starbucks, you have a three pound coffee or you go to, um, you know, you have afternoon tea at the Ritz, right? Uh, and, you know, of course, someplace there's minimum spends. And stuff, but, you know, you you, you sit in the lobby or of a very, very, very expensive hotel. You're still not going to pay more than five pounds for a coffee. A coffee is a fucking coffee, right? But when you're sitting in that hotel, every, literally everyone is, is spending at least a thousand pounds a night to stay at that hotel, at least right and you know that uh, reprograms and rewires you in a lot of ways mm. and you know you know speaking about uh the uk look if I, I said i had a very i was very lucky like i even though you know my childhood home was like a shithole we had no warm water no heating uh and then i said uh, the last two years no wi-fi as well um although it was a shithole i lived around a lot of wealth right um if you don't have that you know, if you're not as uh, fortunate to, you know, uh, be around that, f- take the fucking train, take, take the fucking train, go with one of your friends. Uh, that's also not a dumb fuck and wants to improve his life and go to a super expensive uh, hotel and, and so just have a coffee or something like that. You know, that it makes it tangible, it makes it real. Mm. Um, but the reason I say all this is because uh, I, you know, I don't believe too much in the like, you know, I have a Ferrari and a vision board and this and that. Like, when I say the hero in my mind, like when I was young, I, I wasn't visual. I never, I literally never visualized the Ferrari or the, and I, here's a very interesting story for you. Uh, I remember even when I was younger, I refu- you know how like some people like turn their heads at ex- expensive cars or, you know, they'll even take photos with it or take photos of it. Never once did I ever, ever, ever allow myself to even turn my head at an expensive car. I was like, why would I? 
Like, I was like 14 years old. I was like, why would I? Like, you, you turn your head when it's not normal for you. I was like, it's going to be my life. Some, very soon I'm going to be driving. Why would I like, why would I? Uh, and it's the same thing like when you see like a super attractive girl, like unless you have the intention of going up and speaking to her, don't look at her four times. Like either look at her once, twice and be like, okay, I'm going to go speak to this person. Or if you're not going to do that, and by the way, no judgments, you know, sometimes you're having a bad day. Don't fucking keep glancing over because you're, to me, when you uh, put something on a pedestal, uh, when you put something on a pedestal, it's signaling to yourself, I am not deserving of that. Mm. So that's why I would never, ever, ever, ever dare let myself, you know, have more than a glance at a car. You know, maybe I'll, I might hear the sound go by and I might look, uh, but I would never look at a car, obsess over a car, this and that, because I'm like, this will be my reality very soon. And that's why when I was young, the whole hero in my mind, it was not like, oh, when I drive the Ferrari. And by the way, like also that's such a shit fucking goal. Like, you know, like it's like what a, what a terrible goal. I'm like, glad you said that. You, you know, like really like you, first of all, you can rent, you know, you can rent them. You can leave, you can do a whole bunch of shit, right? Like for me, my goal was like, okay, I want to retire my mom. And I was like 13, 14 with this hero image in my mind. Like I was 13, 14 with this idea of like, I'm going to have multiple homes in multiple locations, which I have now. Uh, and the other big thing is I will always make sure my mom is close with me. Um, and that's the case, you know, I'm out my four bedroom apartment here in Dubai. I got my mom an apartment, whatever, uh, 15 floors up. Um, and yeah, that's, it, it was all this idea of like being the hero in my own mind. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, one thing that I always try to get people to do is almost build out like a little Wikipedia for themselves. Um, like write out your own Wikipedia, but like once you die, like with the idea that you've died, um, and I did this a lot when I was younger is so I literally wrote out my full Wikipedia, like in third person describing myself and describing what I accomplished, my attributes, uh, except, you know, the things that I uh, was remembered for. Um, so as I said, for someone that's down bad, um, you know, I think pain is only bad when there's no end in sight, mm. right? So if you, if your life is shit and it's tough and it's difficult and there's no end in sight, that's when it's really scary. But if your life is tough and difficult, but you have a vision and end in mind, and I said, you can build out this image where you are your own hero. I think, you know, um, I think that's the, the first, that's the first step. Mm. So it's interesting. Okay. So you said, uh, level up the vision board, because one of the things I tell my boys, okay, visualizations, improve your self image and, I've actually seen a lot of people make like these vision boards. And interestingly, I was literally just watched like a full length podcast by Dr. Huber, Andrew Huberman. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of him? Mm -hmm. Huberman lab. And he's going through like the, the neurobiological studies of things like visualizations. And he said, they're actually not anywhere near as effective as we think. The two things that are is foreshadowing failure. So think about the thing that you want, then think about the obstacles that would arise. And you know, then you visualize not, let's say the Ferrari, but more so you visualize the obstacle of you waking up early and you don't want to, and you know, you, you focus on each and every step and the problem that you'd have to overcome. But the second one, very similar to what you've said and what a YouTuber I really like named First Man, what he said is essentially have as much stimulus as possible in the thing that you want to experience. So instead of just seeing it in your mind and it's, it's very intangible, he was saying that there was a big significant difference when participants saw like themselves photoshopped with the body that they wanted compared to just visualizing it. You're taking it a big step further along with uh, the YouTuber first man. Essentially his uh, phrase is live like a king for a day. 
So he said that what he's done a few times is that he's purposely went, like pretended to be like way more wealthy than he is, spent like a thousand on like some hotel and stuff and to like really feel himself there because mm. then you're truly in that environment. And I think that's like the Huberman Labs idea of like Photoshopping yourself, but like on steroids. Mm. And in fact, the, the girl that I met yesterday, she did that exact same thing. She actually booked a room in this hotel. It's like 900 pounds, which, you know, for a normal, like she's a student as well. That's, mm. that's an incredible price to pay. But she was saying the exact same thing. It's like, she wants it to be somewhat normalized in her mind. Like it's almost now it's real mm. instead of it being like such a distant thing. And I think that's actually some very, very like incredible practical advice. Like whatever you seek in terms of the goals, try and make it as real as possible right now. See if there's a way, like if you do have a stereotypical like dumbass goal of like the Ferrari or something, Go take it on a test drive. Just pretend you're like a rapper or something like that and just, you know, fool them into just letting you drive it. If you see yourself in like some fancy apartments, instead of just taking a picture of it or something, go and view one. When you're inside, it will feel real and it'll actually show you. It's kind of like meeting you. It'll show you like, yeah, this is real. This isn't like, you know, it's not pixels on the screen. It's not like that wishy-washy type of thing. Like it's a human person I can see right now. And it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm doing a collaboration with a guy who's worth like 10 million or something. It's, Mm. No, it's real. Mm. And so it really opens up that thing in your mind which shows you like, oh yeah, like this is somewhat becoming more and more normal. Mm. I think it's actually, uh, I see a bunch of guys talk about this in terms of they're building success and attracting more and more beautiful women. It's like a beautiful woman's almost like so mysterious and like, you know, for the average guy, it's like they're just pixels on the screen. Whereas when you see one in person, especially if you've like smelled their shit, it's like, yeah, like... <laughs> That's a human, bro. Like she poops, bro. It's like, mm. then it's real. Then it's like, yeah, it's real. So I don't need to put it on a pedestal anymore. Mm. I don't need to think it's like some mysterious thing which gets too much attention. You know, it's that girl at the corner of the gym who looks like an Instagram model. So you keep peeking and peeking and peeking. But you're saying is just like, at the very least experience it. And if you're not going to experience it, just fucking focus on something else. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you, uh, whatever you chase runs. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't believe in chasing anything. Um, yeah, I believe in attracting things instead. Yeah. Improve yourself until what you want chases you. Mm, exactly. I love that mindset. How's your mental health right now? Right now, it's uh, pretty frenetic. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I have a lot going on at the moment, uh, which I don't like, you know, like a lot of people are, get on, uh, and they're like, I have seven companies and blah, blah. Like, dude, it makes, I always throw up in my mouth the fact that I have four companies. Like, it's not anything I'm proud of. I think it's stupid. But, you know, uh, you know a little bit about my businesses. You know, one is uh, a, a, a agency. That's the one I've had for five and, uh, uh, five and a half years. Uh, then I also have an education platform um, with uh, courses, custom tools, um, a custom community, everything like that. Uh, and then I have a software company. So as my agency grows, you know, it's more, um, you know, uh, well, I guess at this stage, at this stage, honestly, the more my agency grows, I, I don't even think it changes anymore because for five and a half years, I've been documenting, uh, you know, uh, running an agency. Um, <laughs> this, this is what happens. <laughs> I, I told you, I always I want to have my mom close and I always make sure wherever I am in the world, she has a key to my place. <laughs> Let me tell her. <laughs> One last question. What kind of father do you want to be? 
Really the heavy hitting one in the final. Um man, I don't know. Like it's that's such a long um it could be such a long answer, because uh, there's so many different attributes I wanna uh, encompass, but like, I don't know, like I want I want to be that first before my son is a hero in his own mind, I want to be the hero in his mind. Right? At a certain point, like as a son, and I guess look, uh, I guess your dad I mean, especially if you've got a very, very special father. Uh, and I have friends who have very, very special fathers where it's like they're th 32 and, and their dad is still their hero in their mind. Uh, and I think that's like, dude, that's the fucking coolest thing ever. Like if my son is like just and the, the, you know, these are people who are like like these friends of mine are worth hundreds of millions and they've accomplished any everything you ever want to accomplish in their mind. And their dad is still their hero. Uh, and I think, man, I think that's such a, a beautiful thing. So um I said I could talk for 30 minutes about uh, I could talk for 30 minutes about all the traits that I want to encompass. But the way that I know that I did my job right is if even when my son is 20, 30, uh, I'm still a hero in his mind. That means that I've, you know, I've done something to be a very stand up person. Uh, and I think um, setting that example is probably the most important thing. Mm. What do you think it would take to achieve that? Um, I think a lot of things, honestly, I think even if I had a kid now, uh, I think, I mean, look, I, I, th I think when a kid's like five or six, um, their dad's always their hero in their mind. Right. But then, you know, once they get a little older, um, you know, for me, like, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that I do that I actually am very proud of. Like I, I would say I'm a very honorable person. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the world that I'm very outspoken about and man, like, I don't. Like I'm very uh, principles uh, oriented. Like I don't give a fuck how I sound. I don't care uh, what stones people throw at me, anything like that. Like if I know something is fundamentally wrong, I think there's there's only in life you probably only get between five to ten opportunities to really show your character. And um, I will say, especially in the last like two years, uh, maybe even three years, like I look back at the things I've done. I'm like. I passed every single one of those tests. Like I'm, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, I'm very proud of sticking to my principles. I like that. So we'll wrap up there. And one last question, just for my own personal gain. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for me? Uh, advice for you, um, get out of your area, like tomorrow, yesterday. Like, I don't know, like, dude, you obviously, you know, I won't say it here. But man, when you even told me like, bro, your audience has no fucking clue how much money you make, bro. You make a lot of money, right? Like you make a lot of money, right? Uh, you are a very, very, very successful business owner. And also they like, bro, I'm gonna be honest, even your operation, I didn't realize how much goes into it. Like I didn't, of course you make a lot of money, but you spend a lot of money for the operation. Um, So dude, like in your situation, like, do you, I mean, I, I think that I think in, a, in the same way, that's also kind of badass. Like you used to live at home, you know, with your parents. Um, but dude, like now it's time. So so once again, there's, this is also sort of a paradigm thing. Like in your situation, you need to go and you need to be around all this wealth. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a certain level of wealth. Like, for example, uh, where I'm at right now, where for me personally, uh, being around wealth, like for example, being Dubai, I hate Dubai. <laughs> like I really don't like Dubai. You know, on Thursday, I'm flying uh, to Cape Town. Just got a new uh, six bedroom house there. I'm fucking so excited to finally see it. 
Um, like for me, Cape Town is my happy place because I actually, I have a, like everything there is very beautiful and all the houses and all the villas and everything like that is very beautiful. Um, but for me, it's away from the wealth. Like at a certain point, you already have a wealthy mindset and whatnot, and you already have an idea of what's possible. Um, so I think now you're at a stage where I think you need to get away from um, basically where you are. You need to go to London, uh, which I know you're intending on. And by the way, which you could have done a long fucking time. I just, bro, like I said, you're, you're, he, this man is very humble. He is very, 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 you guys have no fucking clue. Trust me. Thank you. You guys have no clue how successful this dude is. Um, yeah. So I said, with the resources that you have, which is a lot, um, yeah, I, I think you should be moving to London. I think, uh, expanding your network there. Um, and yeah, I think that'll really, really broaden your horizon. So, uh, I think your money will continue to multiply many times over when you move there. I think, uh, your network, uh, will continue to multiply. Um, and yeah, I think also the caliber of women, uh, it's just on a totally different level when you go to a city like London. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate you doing this, uh, man. Appreciate it, bro. Nothing but love, bro. Where can everyone find you? Wherever. In Dubai. If they're that interested, I'm sure they'll find me. I'll have his stuff linked in the description. In particular, there's a couple of his YouTube videos that have personally helped me a lot. And I'm saying this to him, like, not to sound cocky, but if anyone can teach me something about like monk mode, that low-key dopamine detox lifestyle after I, I kind of did it full-time for almost a year straight. I'm pretty sure I did it like for the longest time uninterrupted. without, yeah, with yeah. uninterrupted out of like anyone who's been talking about it on YouTube. And here I was, I watched like a random monk mode video of yours popped up and it, mm. I literally learned like 10 practicable things that I implemented straight mm. away. I even showed you, it's almost like a fanboy thing. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> you, you said to do this thing and I've done it and everything. And like, it's incredibly helpful. So I'll link the, that like the direct link of the videos that I personally liked. And if you like my content of like self-improvements, young man's like um, increasing your SMV, discipline, productivity, you'll like those videos as well. All right, boom. Sweet. Take care, boys. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Nicely done, man. Cheers. <laughs> 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.